Welcome to the Glojo Podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Kalal, and every week I'll be sharing thought-provoking, soul-soothing, and inspiring conversations from personal stories to insider tips and tricks. At the Glojo, you can always find what you need when you need it most. This is permission. Permission to be you, permission to be messy, permission to feel all the feels. So what do you say? Let's do this together. I'll see you in the Glojo. Hello and welcome to the Glojo. I'm your host, Leanne Kalal, and as always, it is wonderful to have you here. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining me. If you're new to the Glojo, welcome. I trust that you're here for a reason, and I hope that you enjoy the episode. Today, in this mini Soul Bite episode, I'm going to be talking about the five types of anxiety that I personally experience, and I'm going to be sharing some telltale signs of when they start to creep in. And then I'm also going to share some tips and tools that I personally use to help me cope and deal with these types of anxiety. And so couple quick things. First of all, this is a soul bite. That means it's a shorter episode and it's just me and you. I am riffing and I'm sharing my personal experience. I'm not interviewing an expert, which brings me to the second thing. And this is a disclaimer. I am not a medical professional. I am not trained in this field at all. What I'm doing is sharing my personal experience and what has worked for me in the past. Why I've decided to share my personal experience when it comes to anxiety is because one of my goals at the Glojo is to really make everyone who joins and enters into this community and this space feel understood, to feel seen, to feel like they're not alone on their journey. And I know so many people deal with anxiety and it can be really crippling. It can be debilitating and it's not really talked about. And so for me, when I have powerful conversations with people in my life, with friends, when I hear about somebody else's personal experience and what's worked for them, I find it really supportive because one, it makes me feel like, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not crazy. There's more people going through this. I am not alone. And two, it really opens my eyes to some different tools, techniques, and possibilities that I can try to make this part of my life a little bit better or not as stressful and anxious. And so there's the disclaimer. With that being said, it is time to dive in and we're going to talk about the five different types of anxiety. Now, these are five different types of anxiety that I experience and that I guess you could say I've coined to really help me make sense of my personal experience and so that I know the telltale signs, I know when it's creeping in. And for me, when I have that awareness, that's when I'm able to then choose the tools and get the support that I need to feel better and deal with it. All right. Number one, the too much to do anxiety. I think that every single person can relate to this at least at one point in their life or another. The too much to do anxiety is fairly self-explanatory. You feel completely overwhelmed. You feel completely overloaded. You have way too much to do. And what starts to happen is that the anxiety will start to build inside. For me, it usually builds in my chest and sometimes it'll be in my stomach and it starts to swirl. It's almost this frantic energy that starts to take over. And honestly, it's like my mind begins to shut down. 
I can't focus. And I find myself and my thoughts just going in circles around and around and around, spending most of my time and energy thinking about everything that I need to do. And when I think about the things I need to do, that makes me feel even more stressed and anxious. And I go into this shutdown mode. And the funny thing is, is that I spend all of this energy thinking about the big list, but I'm not actually doing very much from that list. And so here's what I do to personally help me move out and shift out of the too much to do anxiety. I stop and I take a deep breath. (sighs) Just take a deep breath. That's the very first thing I do. It's like, okay, I stop myself and I make myself pause. And by taking this pause, by taking this deep breath, I'm already starting to interrupt the frantic energy and the pattern of spiraling and sort of obsessively thinking about everything I have to do. Then what I do, if you have a breathwork practice, maybe doing some breathwork would be helpful in this instance. Another thing is you can shake. I love shaking. When I stop and when I shake, it gets some energy out and it feels like a nice physical reset. You could always go, you could go old school here and put on T-Swift, shake it out, put that on and just shake it out. Move some of that energy so that you can be more focused and more present. After I stop and take a breather, the next thing I do is I make a big list of everything that needs to be done. Now, usually what happens is I will start to feel really overwhelmed again when I make this list. But here's the next thing. You don't need to do everything on that list. It's not realistic to accomplish everything all at the same time. What I do is I choose the big three. What are the three big things or the three things that I can commit to focusing on and working on now? I circle those and I cross out the rest or I just set the rest aside or rewrite those three, start a new list with those three things. And then I take action and I do it. The funny thing about this type of anxiety, at least for me, is that the thing that often solves it is doing the thing that you're stressed and anxious about. It's just starting to take that action. It's breaking that barrier. And there can be so much resistance and it can be so difficult sometimes. And so really the steps that I just shared, it does help me to break that cycle. Stop, take a deep breath. You can do some breathwork exercises, shake it out, make your big list, identify three things, and then you just do it. You bust through that resistance. And if that resistance is really, really strong, You can use a timer. You could put on a song and you could say, okay, by the end of the song, I'm going to sit down and I'm just going to start doing this. Or maybe you put on a song and you say, by the end of the song, I'm going to have this thing done. I was talking with a friend last week and there's been this one thing that literally would take me 10 minutes. And I just kept putting it off and putting it off and getting more stressed and more overwhelmed. And finally, I woke up at like 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, just do the damn thing. And it took about five minutes. I'm like, why did I let that build up so much? And so if any of this sounds familiar, I hope that these tips that I've shared is going to help you deal with what I call too much to do anxiety. Moving on to the second type of anxiety that we're going to talk about today, 
cyclical anxiety. And so this is fairly self-explanatory. It's anxiety that comes with our menstrual cycles. And so this is definitely more female forward and female related. Although if you live with a partner or have a partner, they might experience some anxiety as well at this time of the month, depending on how this impacts you and what how this shows up. And so I don't know about you, but growing up, you hear about PMS and you hear about the different symptoms and there's those stereotypes and that sort of thing. What I did not know about is something called PDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. This is an extreme form of PMS. And I have definitely experienced this before. Thankfully, this is not a part of my reality right now, but it's something that I feel really passionate about learning more and actually helping to get the word out because I feel like so many women actually have a lot more going on and it's impacting their life in a really negative way. And so I'm going to do some research and I, I'm, my goal is to have a guest on the show who can talk about this specific disorder, PDD. Again, that's premenstrual dysphoric disorder. If you feel like your PMS is really intense and extreme, give it a Google and start to learn more about it and see if it applies to you. And here's what has helped me. And so one, it's been, I've been taking this supplement that really just helps balance my energy, my moods. I think it balances my hormones. I don't know how it works. I will link to it. Again, I'm not selling you anything, but this has personally worked for me and a couple of other people I know. But aside from that, supplements aside, all the extras aside, the simple act of remembering that, oh yeah, this happens on a regular basis. This happens every month and this too shall pass. This is a moment in time. It is a cycle. This is not how my life is going to be forever. This is how it is right now and is going to pass. It always does. It's horrible. And then it's not. And so even just starting to be mindful of your personal cycles and what you feel personally makes a huge difference. Now, I also use an app. It's called Flow, F-L-O. I'll link to that as well. It's an incredible app. It is so valuable. There's so much information in there. It helps me to track so many different little things related to my life, and it helps kind of put it all together. And it makes it a lot easier to see my personal patterns and cycles that happen. Just by having that awareness, it helps me to deal with the temporary cyclical anxiety. All right, moving along to the third type of anxiety. This is a good one. Are you ready for it? All right. Ooh, I, this one lights me up because I really feel like there's so much that we can do about it and that there's so much opportunity to really get to know ourselves better. And so the third type of anxiety is intuitive anxiety. This is what I call the, hey, wake the fuck up, lady. Wake up. Wake up. What are you doing? Why are you ignoring me? Why are you not listening to what I'm trying to share with you? What I mean by all of that is that this is the type of anxiety that I personally experience when I ignore my inner truth, when I ignore my inner voice. Does any of this sound familiar? I'm raising my hand. If you're listening to this, 
give me a little head nod or give me, you know, go over to Instagram and say, hey, yep, I'm with you here. Or you can raise your hand too, because there is definitely, I know a lot of people, at least in my life, who experience intuitive anxiety. And a lot of times it's when deep down they're not expressing a part of themselves or they feel like a boundary has been crossed a lot of times, or they're not listening to this inner voice. They hear it, but they're not taking action on it. And so this is the type, again, just going back to intuitive anxiety, or it could almost be called alignment anxiety as well, because it's where there's something in your life that is out of alignment, that isn't working for you. And this is your internal guidance system trying to get you to wake up and pay attention to what is going on there. So another one other thing that I want to say, I mentioned briefly that this can be about boundaries not being respected and not being crossed. And this can be you personally not respecting your own boundaries or the people in your life not respecting them and you choosing not to say anything or you being made to feel wrong for your truth or your boundaries. And then that brings me to gaslighting. I think that I, a lot of times we start to feel anxious. We start to doubt our inner voice and our inner truth when we're in a situation or a conversation where we're actually made to feel like we're wrong to feel what we feel, like we're crazy, like there is something wrong with us versus the other person actually not acknowledging what's true for us and not respecting that. And so if you're experiencing intuitive anxiety, here's what I recommend. For me, this process has really been about two things. First of all, it's been about learning to really tune in to that inner voice so that I can receive the information or receive the awareness of what's actually going on beneath the surface to make me feel this way. The second piece of it is trusting that and actually taking action and listening to it. You know, so the first one is like being able to hear it because hearing something to me is different than listening, if that makes sense. So it's the acknowledgement and the awareness and then the trusting and the acting on it. That's another way to say it. Here's what I recommend for this type of anxiety. I recommend doing soul journaling or in this case, we could call it intuitive journaling. This is where you sit down and you trust what flows out. You can say, dear higher self or dear anxiety, what do you want me to know right now? What are you trying to say to me? For me, when I first start, for me at the beginning of my journey, when I was learning to really tune in to my inner voice and my inner guidance, writing was the easiest way for me to do this. Now I can do it and I receive information in different ways and usually quite quickly, but there's something magical about journaling. And let me tell you, when you read back on what flows out of you, you'll be amazed. It might not even seem like you, and there's going to be information there that you couldn't even make up. So trust what flows through. Even if this feels uncomfortable, even if it feels like you're making it up, trust the process. Set aside time. Make sure you're in a safe space. Make sure that it is distraction-free. If you're going to be journaling about an issue that you're having with a partner or a coworker or a friend, whatever it is, or a family member, 
make sure that they're not sitting right next to you. Creating this space is a really, really important part of this. You can light a candle. You could put on some music, grab a special journal. Maybe you have a dedicated journal that's just for this and sit and let it flow. I know this might sound weird, but I'm really excited for you to explore your intuitive anxiety because I do believe there's just so much wisdom there and that that's your inner voice trying to get your attention or trying to share guidance that is really going to support you in, in your life and in that moment. All right, moving along to the fourth type of anxiety. Now, again, I realize not everybody might experience this, but I'm including this because this is part of my personal experience. And I know that when people share their personal experiences around anxiety or whatever is going on in their life, it has helped me in many ways to better understand my personal experience or to give me that aha and that next breadcrumb for me to go explore. And so the fourth kind is allergy anxiety. I have a lot of allergies and a lot of sensitivities and it sucks. It really does suck. And for the most part, I think I do pretty good about being mindful of staying positive and not letting it get me down. But it's something that is in my life. It's something I deal with and it's something that does impact me in a negative way more often than I would like it to. And so with allergy anxiety, here's what I'm talking about. If I have dairy or if I have gluten, the symptoms I get are not all physical. They are psychological as well. I feel a little crazy saying that, but it's my truth. When I have dairy, I get such bad anxiety. Now, there's a lot of other symptoms that come along with it, but anxiety is one of them. And it is this different quality, this different type of anxiety. And it's difficult to explain, but it's a heaviness. It's there. It's almost like this really fearful, dreadful anxiety. And it comes out of nowhere. I haven't been in a difficult situation. I haven't had a difficult conversation. I haven't had my boundaries crossed. I haven't been overwhelmed. It kind of just hits me totally shows up out of the blue, boom, boom, smacks me, smacks me around. And it's really, really heavy and it's intense. And the tricky thing is that it usually shows up a couple of days after I have the dairy. And so it was difficult. So it was a little tricky to piece this together, but it was actually way easier than one would think. I have a friend who's a celiac and when she's, I've traveled a ton with her and when she's had gluten, she'll literally have nightmares and there are these vivid hallucinations and she'll get really anxious. And so it's just so fascinating to me how we can have physical symptoms and the physical symptoms are often given a lot more weight or they're treated as more valid and true than the psychological symptoms that can come along with these intense allergies or sensitivities out there. So I wanted to share my personal experience because again, maybe this is going to help you figure something out. If there's been something a little off and you're not sure what it is, maybe this will help you pay attention to your patterns. And so what do I do when I feel this? 
Well, I am a huge fan of EFT, emotional freedom tapping. And I definitely want to have one, maybe two or three different EFT specialists on the show because it's something that I use in my life. Lately, I use it every single day for many different reasons. And it provides me a lot of relief and clarity, and it helps me feel really good. I have this EFT tapping video for anxiety saved. And it was just this woman that I found online a long time ago. It's quick. She gets right to it because there's other videos there that like talk and talk and talk. I'm like, this is not helping the anxiety in the moment. And so I have my go-to tools and I have them all saved in a note so that when it strikes and when it gets heavy and when I feel, you know, it's almost like this darkness, like this fear, this irrational intensity that starts to sink in and take over it's easy for me to find the tools that support me because I have them saved. Here's where it's important to know what works for you or start to explore what works for you and to have a go-to spot where you keep all of your tools and tips and the reminders. Because when this type of anxiety sinks in, it's like my brain totally shuts off. I'm not a super resourceful person and it's difficult for me to go find in the moment something that's going to help me. And so this has happened enough over the years that now I know, okay, you have your allergy anxiety toolbox. The other thing that helps me is I remind myself again, similar to the cyclical anxiety, this too shall pass. This is something that's happening in the moment. It is not going to be like this forever. Even though it feels like it, you will survive. You're going to get through this. And on the other side, you're going to feel just great again. And so EFT, having your toolbox and just recognizing that it's going to pass. All right. So now for the fifth type of anxiety, I I really like this one again. It's, It's weird that I say I really like this one, but I like it because I feel like there's more things I can do to set myself up for success and to experience it less. And so the fifth type of anxiety is empathic anxiety. This is very environmental, circumstantial anxiety. For me, it's often triggered by certain people, certain environments, or certain places, certain situations, something that's going on in my immediate vicinity or within the people that I am interacting with. I'll often feel really, really triggered and I'll feel extremely irritated. And there's probably some anger that comes up and resentment, or sometimes maybe it's guilt and shame, depending on what flavor and what exactly is going on. A lot of times it will just be extremely overwhelming. And I can actually tell that it's not even mine. I'm sensing and picking up on the anxiety that someone else is experiencing in their body or in their life. And so there's a couple of different ones here. It really is sort of the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm lumping two, almost two together. So empathic anxiety to me is when I'm feeling what somebody else is feeling and experiencing in their body. And there's their, you know, tuning in and sensing their anxiety. And then that starts to take over me. And then at the same time, there's the environmental circumstantial anxiety where Maybe it's the collective. You know, right now there's a lot going on on a global level. There's a lot of anxiety. Life is really different. 
things operate differently. People pick up on this, even if we think we've adjusted, even if, you know, there's the quote unquote new norm. There's a lot that's going on beneath the surface that can actually add to this sort of mounting and building anxiety. And so for me, there are a few things that I do. And this is really, again, it comes with awareness and it comes with starting to understand yourself and your environmental situations over time. And as you start to build this awareness, then you can actually start to prepare and plan ahead and set yourself up for as much success as possible. One of the things I do again with this is the tapping, the emotional freedom tapping EFT. It really helps just sort of calm and soothe me. It's really, really made a big difference. The other thing is having boundaries really having healthy boundaries in place. If I know that I'm going to go somewhere that is a potential or a typical trigger for me, I make sure that I look at, do I have my personal space? And if not, how can I create some? Is it is it going and adjusting the amount of time that you're going to be away? Maybe you're a nervous traveler or an anxious traveler. You really don't like being out of your home or staying in hotels. If that's the case, what is going to serve you the most? Is it not traveling for as long? Is it getting an Airbnb over a hotel? Is it driving when you can fly or vice versa? So this is really about being in tune with what you need to feel supported and to feel healthy and to feel respected in the moment. And then you figure out how you can provide that for yourself. We need to be self-responsible. We can't rely on other people to do it for us. Like this is an inside job, at least a lot of the times. If you're communicating your boundaries and they're not being respected and they're being crossed, that's a whole nother thing. And I have an episode on boundaries that I will link to with the wonderful Christina Howard and hopefully you get some more support there. Okay, another tool that I use is energetic shielding and clearing. Now this is getting a little woo-woo, but it works for me. Here's the thing, if you're not feeling good, if you're feeling like crap, be open to trying different things because you never know what's gonna work. And at the end of the day, I would rather do something that's maybe a little weird, but it works for me and it makes me feel great versus staying stuck in that swirling pity of self-despair and anxiety. I've studied a lot of different things over the years. And so I'll do a cleansing technique and tool that I learned when I was working on this one certification program. And then with the energetic shielding, maybe you believe in angels and it's calling in angels. Archangel Michael is known to be a good protector and shielder. And so it's really figuring out what is going to work for you. Maybe it's just calling on certain guides. Maybe it's visualizing yourself in a bubble. Maybe before you leave your house or you go to that meeting or you take that trip, you're visualizing yourself being, you know, surrounded in a bubble. Maybe it's, maybe you're visualizing golden light sprinkling down. Maybe you're putting on a big cloak or when you put on your jacket or when you put on your clothes, you're setting the intention that these are actually going to be protecting you. They're acting like armor. So again, I know this is a little out there. It's a little different. This is just about sharing different things that have worked for me so that it can help you find things that work for you. Go to YouTube. You can definitely find 
a ton of different things out there around energetic shielding, grounding, cleansing. Gabby Bernstein has some good tools on this. And so I recommend checking out her site and different meditations. And that brings us to the end of the episode. I hope that this has really helped you today. I know that these were great reminders for me and I'm going to go. I know that I have my allergy anxiety note (laughs) that is accessible in my phone when I need it, but I'm going to go and I'm going to make more notes in my phone and really continue to build out my toolbox so that I have everything super easy to find when I need it. I would love to hear from you. So if we're not already connected, head on over to Instagram at Leanne Kalal and at The Glojo. I'm also on LinkedIn. You can find me there. Again, it's at Leanne Kalal, or I guess that would be for it's last Leanne Kalal, but I'll also link to LinkedIn. And lastly, you can head over to theglojo.com and sign up for the weekly glow. This is my weekly newsletter where I send updates and share information on the podcasts, but other things as well. So I look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you. Thank you so much for taking the time to show up today. Um, not for me, but for you. I hope this was a valuable episode. If it resonated with you or if you know someone in your life who can benefit from this, please forward this to them now. Please share it. Spread the love. It's totally free to share and word of mouth is just such a great honor. Um, Also, if you have not already left a review, you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I read all of those and appreciate them so much. And finally, if you're, and finally, if you're not already following the show, make sure you follow it. You can go, there'll be either little check marks or a little plus sign. Sometimes it says follow, sometimes it says subscribe, depending on what platform you're listening to this show, but make sure you go do that. Download all of the episodes so that they are on your phone and ready and accessible for you to listen to anytime. I know I love listening to, to podcasts when I walk. And so it's nice to have everything that I love downloaded on my phone. All right. That's all for now. Have a wonderful week ahead. And I look forward to seeing you next week.